couple of weeks ago, I was replacing some outdoor lights around my house, converting them to LED lights. And so I went into my garage to get my ladder because most of them are, are higher up than I can reach. And so I did what I needed to do, replaced all the lights, and as I began to go back into the garage to put my ladder back up, I was walking near my truck, and I just happened to look down, and I almost stepped on a mouse. And in doing so, once I recognized that he was there, I jumped back because he had startled me, and I just stood there for a moment waiting for the mouse to scurry off. I wasn't sure if the mouse was playing dead or if I had just given it a heart attack, but it did not move. And so I waited for a moment and I watched him waiting for him to eventually move, but he never moved. And so I thought to myself, maybe he's dead. And so I reached up and I just took my foot and I nudged him with my foot. And sure enough, he just slid across the concrete. But even in that moment, I wasn't 100% sure if the mouse was really dead. And so I waited, and I watched. But he never flinched. He never made a move. Now, it was really weird because the mouse looked completely normal. He didn't look like he had been squished by anything. There wasn't any blood or any sign that this mouse had been wounded in any way. It looked completely normal. And that's what caught me off guard because... Even after I moved it, I wondered, is it alive or is it dead? So finally, I went and grabbed a shovel, and I began to scoop it up. And when it did not move, I knew in that moment, there is no doubt, this mouse is a goner. And so I appropriately discarded him. And I found it odd that what appeared to be a perfectly normal animal that I thought was alive was dead. Now, generally, I know if something is dead or alive. I mean, I've watered many a flower around my house that needed to be resurrected, but never resurrected from the dead. I have driven along these curvy and windy roads, particularly this time of year, seeing many animals, particularly deer on the side of the road, that have been hit by cars that are not alive but are certainly dead. And even this time of the year, every so often I get into my car and try to crank it, and sometimes I find that my battery is often dead and needs to be replaced or jumped. But there are times, just like this dead mouse, that I find that we fail to recognize the difference between what's really alive and what's truly dead. And I believe that our scriptures today from John's gospel address this issue of life and death as well as we find Jesus dealing with and speaking to it. One of his dear friends, Lazarus, has just died and lives in Bethany, not too far away from where Jesus has been. Jesus was in Jerusalem when Martha and Mary sent word to him that their brother was sick and not doing well, hoping that Jesus would come quickly enough in order that he might heal him. But that's not what happens in this story. Jesus does not quickly come to the aid of Lazarus, which seems odd to us that he would hesitate to show up when someone needs him. That doesn't seem to be the Jesus that we all know and love. Jesus was in Jerusalem, less than two miles away from Bethany. He could have been there within a few hours, but he doesn't. Instead, he waits several days to show up. 
And upon getting the word from these messengers that Lazarus is sick, he tells his own disciples this. He says, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. But I'm sure that the disciples thought that Jesus was finally wrong about something when they showed up to Bethany and they saw Mary and Martha crying and grieving knowing that their brother Lazarus had already been buried and that Jesus was too late. They were heartbroken that Jesus had let them down, that Jesus didn't make it in time to heal him. And so with compassion, Jesus comes to Martha and he tells her to believe, to believe that he indeed will rise again. But this prompts her to affirm the Jewish belief that, yes, he'll rise again, not today, Jesus, but on the last day when God comes to make all things right. She sees her brother's death as the end with the fervent hope that God will raise him again on judgment day. But Jesus isn't talking to her about the last day. Jesus is talking about today, the present. And so he tells her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Martha affirms her belief in Jesus, and then Jesus says, tell me where you've laid him. Where is he? He begins to approach the tomb And Jesus tells them to roll away the stone that covered the entrance. Then Martha reminds him, Jesus, it's been four days and the stench of death will be horrid. But unafraid of death's corruption, Jesus reminds her that because she believes, she will indeed see the glory of God made manifest And so before all who have gathered around this tomb, Jesus prays out loud to his Father in heaven so that they may believe that God indeed hears him and that God has sent him for this very purpose in this very moment. And then in a loud commanding voice, Jesus yells into that dark tomb, Lazarus, come out. And before their very eyes, The dead man walked out before them, his hands and feet still wrapped in the burial clothes, the linens, his face covered. And then Jesus tells them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. It's an amazing and powerful moment in which Jesus turns the finality of death upside down. He does the inevitable, what no one else could do, the unthinkable, raising a dead person to life. And all who have gathered there at the tomb know that Lazarus has been dead, that he's been dead for four days. And the truth is, Jesus has known that too. In fact, Jesus does this intentionally to ensure that they knew that Lazarus was dead, that there could be no doubt in their mind that the miracle that he has just performed in their very eyes is by the power of his word to bring the dead to life. In dramatic fashion, Lazarus comes out of the tomb alive, even though he looked dead. 
And the grave clothes that are around him must be removed because he's no longer dead. He is alive and well. And in fact, many that day put their faith in Jesus because of what they had witnessed at the tomb. You see, when we look at the life and the ministry of Jesus, we find that his entire life and ministry is focused on raising the dead to life. 41 times in the Gospel of John, the word life is used in reference to Jesus having life and giving it to others. John declares, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And many of you are familiar with John 3.16, one of the most famous verses of all of Scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting or eternal life. Even Martha believed in eternal life, noting that her brother would one day rise again. Yet so often we attribute this phrase, eternal life, into a future event. Some believe that eternal life is the day in which we physically die and we go to be with the Lord. And then there are others who believe it's the moment in which Jesus returns, that we're all just asleep until Jesus comes back and we are raised from the dead, some to life and some to judgment. But the issue isn't so much about which view of eternal life is correct. The issue is that eternal life is not just a future event. Jesus most often speaks of eternal life as something happening now, not just later. And so he tells the religious Jewish leaders, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Jesus is not speaking about a future event to them. He's speaking about the present. And our unison scripture reading today is couched within the same pericope, but this, this uh, that we just read comes moments later within it. Jesus is speaking about life and death, and he's speaking about it now. Hear it again. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. Did you catch that? Jesus is speaking about eternal life in the present. In fact, a better translation would read like this. Whoever is listening to my word and is believing him who sent me has eternal life. This is not about dying and being raised to be with Jesus later. This is about crossing over from death to life right now in this very moment. And here's the interesting correlation between Lazarus's death and our passage from John chapter 5 today. Sometimes it is hard for us to tell who is really dead. 
Lazarus was physically raised from death to life and came out with the grave clothes still on him. And Jesus commanded them to take them off of him to free him from the burial clothes that bound him. No longer would a sign of death bind the man who was given real life. But the reality is that there are people who are walking around and among us every single day who look alive to us but who are really dead. You can't see their grave clothes because they're wrapped around their hearts and not around their bodies. I suppose you could call them the walking dead. It's not just a TV show about zombies. It's a reality that there are people among us each and every day who have a heartbeat, but spiritually are lost and dead. Jesus even speaks to this. Remember what he said? He said, Very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. He's not talking about people who are physically dead and buried in the grave. He's talking about people who are spiritually dead and who are walking around in the darkness in Israel. You see, there are some people who do not believe in God at all, and yet there are some who believe in many gods who, who, have, who much like the Romans, believed in many pagan deities that seek to serve them. Jesus has come to bring life to those who walk around in death, to those whose lives are self-centered and self-focused, whose lives are mired by sin that blinds them to what's right and wrong. Lives that are mired by injustice and unrighteousness. Those who have hard hearts and have no place for God in their lives. Jesus declares, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Or to have it abundantly. Jesus wants us to understand the difference between life and death. Because he knows that there are many voices that call out to us, enticing us to believe or adopt behaviors that do not lead us to life. He wants us to listen to his voice, to know his voice, and to respond to his voice that leads us to real life, eternal life, now. But This is not just for those who do not believe or trust in God. It's also also for those who already do. You know, Jesus' biggest critics were the church folk, the pastors, the religious leaders of his day. Now, he didn't come to belittle them. He didn't come to condemn them. He came that they too might have life by believing in him and to understand that he indeed is the Messiah who was to come. But many of them refused to listen to his word, even in moments and miracles that Jesus performed. Before their very eyes, even bringing the dead back to life, they refused to listen, to hear, and to believe. Jesus calls them out, especially when he knows that they are conspiring against him, trying to get rid of him. Jesus gives them these seven woes, and one of them reads this, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. Jesus essentially tells them that they are spiritually dead. The leaders of the church are spiritually dead. 
To those on the outside, they look alive. But inside, their hearts are decomposing. And I have to tell you, this reality still exists today. There are many who trust and believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, but they've disconnected. They have disconnected from the true vine that gives life. They're living day to day. They're going through the motions, but they're not intentionally connecting with Jesus through his word. They have disconnected from being a part of the people of God, the church. The life that they once had, the light that burned so brightly in their lives has become dim. And they feel empty, unsatisfied, and dissatisfied with everything happening in their lives. They see their faith in Jesus as a life insurance policy, trusting that one day, that one day they will be raised to eternal life, but they're missing out on eternal life, the real life that we're called to right now in the very presence. Jesus invites to those who don't believe in him, To those who are skeptical about him, he invites them. To those who believe in him but are disconnected from him, who have somehow lost their way like wayward sheep, Jesus invites them. He always extends an invitation. He never stops calling out to all who find themselves in such places. For spiritual death does not drive Jesus away. In fact, it drives him closer as he pursues us with his unfailing and his unconditional love. And so he calls out to those who have never professed belief in him, to those who are skeptical of his life and his ministry, that he claims to be the Savior of the world. He invites them to eternal life and he says, Come out! Come out! Jesus invites those who are in that position in life to cross over from death to life, to know and to live into the truth. And in his prayer to God in John 17, Jesus says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. You're invited. Jesus also calls out to those who believe, to those who've lost their connection with him, to those who've been listening to other voices and not the voice of the good shepherd, those who've become complacent and apathetic in their faith, desensitized to the church and unresponsive to God's attempts to call them back home. He invites you to eternal life. Come out says Jesus. He invites you to come out of the tomb, to take off the grave clothes and to shine like a city on a hill once again. For Jesus says to you, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus knows the difference between life and death. And his whole life on earth was a testament to make eternal life a reality both now And also later. And his great love for us compelled him to confront death head on. To swallow up death by laying down his very life. And in doing so, God raised him from the dead, conquering sin and death once and for all. 
And just as Jesus physically raised Lazarus from the tomb, so Jesus seeks to raise the spiritually dead to life too. To remove the grave clothes that bind us and blind us from having real life, eternal life now. As Paul declares to the church in Ephesus, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Friends, today, Jesus reminds us of the life that he freely gives. A life in the present. In the present, a life that has meaning, joy, and purpose freedom. And he invites all who are spiritually dead to come out, to come out from the tomb, to receive his eternal life, and to truly live as God intended from the very beginning of creation. Today, Jesus invites us to take off our grave clothes and to share his good news, because the truth is for all of us, It's a matter of life and death. And together, may we all proclaim our own resurrection from the dead, bearing witness to our Lord Jesus the Christ, the resurrection and the life who offers real life, eternal life, now to all who trust and believe in him. Friends, may it be so this day and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.